college can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Everybody needs to breathe. Take that deep breath in. And then the exhale. Because it's Raiders week. And the Raiders suck, Tom. The Raiders suck bad. <laughs> They're 0-3. Oh, yeah. uh, there was panic all over Broncos country week one. There's still a little panic out there. Yeah. Saying, oh, the Broncos, they're winning ugly games. They're not throwing lots of touchdowns. Russell Wilson, is he what we thought he was going to be? Is Nathaniel Hackett on the coaching hot seat already? No, <laughs> none of that. The Broncos are 2-1 and one, facing the Raiders, who are 0-3, going to Las Vegas, Welcome to MHI, everybody. I'm your host, Luke Patterson, and with me tonight is a special guest and good friend of mine, Thomas Hall. You can get at Thomas Hall uh, every Friday morning for Legends of uh, Mile High podcast. Now, the really special thing about the Legends of Mile High podcast, folks, you never know who's going to stop by. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You're, you've, you got Carl Mecklenburg on there. You got Justin Simmons coming on there. So be sure to head on over to Mile High Huddle's Twitch, YouTube account, and Twitter to get at Thomas Hall Show, Legends of Mile High, every Friday morning at 7 a.m. Mountain. I'm your host, Luke Patterson, at Luke Patterson LP. Please be sure to get at, get at Mile High Huddle, the mothership on Twitter, and milehighhuddle.com. Tom, thanks so much for joining us, man. It's We've been talking all day about what's been going on with the Broncos a little bit. It seems like news. This show on Wednesday nights is where we want it to be because you get the players fresh off the mic, you get the injury reports, and the practice week is pretty much done by Wednesday. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for this week. Obviously, it can't go any better than seeing the Raiders 0-3, especially now that Josh McDaniels is heading that ship. So the farther it can go, uh, you know, sink the better, uh, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're rivals with them, but J- Josh McDaniel's struggling is is icing on the cake for sure. But yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but especially uh, Raiders Raiders week coming up. Um, Bradley Chubb out there saying he, you know, he hates them, which you know that's music to fans, uh, Broncos fans' ears, especially mine. So uh, it's yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. That's important, too. And what also is important is our guy, Dylan Von Arks, who's making sure that you guys uh, not only support us, but how you can support us. You can make sure you hit that like button. That's the first way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, Dylan's one of our our hard workers, as you know, Tom, and he's writing his weekly NFL power rankings about your Denver Broncos, Broncos country. You can find that over at milehighhuddle.com. Great work, Dylan. You're doing excellent. And be sure to check out Dylan's latest piece. Yeah, you said it. Josh McDaniels, that name 
will get the instant reaction from Broncos country, no matter when or where it's uttered. But you're seeing some of the mistakes that he made as the head coach in Denver, and he's continuing to make some of these mistakes as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. But just because the Raiders are 0-3, just because I love to chirp their fans and get them <laughs> mad at me and you know they're blocking me on Twitter and all that fun stuff, that doesn't mean this team isn't dangerous, Tom. I'm going back and I'm starting to watch some of the game film, specifically the Raiders and the Titans last week. And one player really sticks out to me like a sore thumb, and he stuck out last year. And dare I say he's going to stick out again. It's Max Crosby. And yeah. Max Crosby from the pass rushing position, the Broncos have got to figure this guy out. Otherwise, it, it, forget Bosa and what the 49ers and Bosa did to Russell Wilson running for his life. I'm telling you right now, to me, Max Crosby's game is already peaked in week three, and we're heading into week four against Cam Fleming at right tackle, Billy Turner, who's still limited in practice, trying to get over, quote, the hump of the worst of it. And I think is what Nathaniel Hackett said at the presser today. What do you make of Max Crosby? How do you stop this guy, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can just uh, stop him with uh, Cam Fleming. I mean, I, I like Cam Fleming. He's played admirably, but, uh, you know, he um, – hey, Steve. Uh, hey, guys. Thanks for jumping in there, Stephen. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's trying his best, but he's just not gift, a gifted tackle. So they're going to have to uh, slide some help over him from, with Max Crosby. But, you know, that he does worry me. I mean, he's a great pass rusher, but what worries me even more and what has – worried me more in the past and i hope they've solved that is the is Derek carr's timing with the receivers i they they have torn up the broncos defense uh time and again with those uh those type of passes so uh those two things are are on my uh on my list of uh things to solve for sure Easy breezy cover girl, Derek Carr. We're going to get into him in a little bit. I can't stand the man, never could. I think he's overrated, and you're going to see why, especially uh, this Sunday when a cornerback named Pat Sertan, I don't know, I've been calling him the best corner in the league since training camp, Tom. We were there. You were there with me. Yep. Um, he's really starting to take off. But before we go too much further, I want to say what's up to everybody in the channel. It sounds like the MHH meet and greet was awesome. Tom was there. Had a very eventful trip, especially on the way back. I understand you took an elk home with you. Um, so yeah. glad that you and your family are okay. But uh, no, man, it's really cool to see the pictures of everybody at the meet and greets. Tom, I know you had a good time. We talked about it a little bit. And to see some of these folks in the channel, man, it's, it's so awesome. Stephen Baumgartner, we said hello to you. It's been a little bit. Kevin Gray's in the stream. William Catalano was in the stream long before we even started. And I want to extend a happy birthday to Kathy Lund. It's Kathy's birthday today. Uh, she's a huge supporter of everything MHH and everything Broncos country. So happy birthday, Kathy. Please be sure to say happy birthday to her in the channel. Um, Michaela Israel has been waiting as well, saying she thinks this is going to be a hard game, but she believes we can do it. And Michaela, you're exactly right, because all of these games have been hard games. The Broncos, I don't think, are going to blow out anybody anytime soon, even these Raiders. Uh, but I feel like there's a lot of pressure. And when I feel like there's a lot of pressure and I look at the losses and you hear the rumors about Josh McDaniels, is his job safe? You know, you got the Davis Jr. over there, Al Davis' son, uh, Mark Davis, just wanting to fly off the cuff just like his dad and make erratic changes but it's only week four tom these raiders they're backed up against the wall they're dangerous it immediately signals trap game to me yeah i mean i would uh i would agree with the trap game if 
the Broncos were running on all cylinders, but they have a lot to figure out. They cannot get their offense going. Uh, we saw it last week. They just could not move the ball until one drive that basically, you know, won the game for them. I mean, the defense is a different story, but as far as the offense goes, they've got a lot to work on. And uh, I, I just think that they have too much to work on that. They're not going to be overlooking anybody right now because they're focused on getting better on that offensive side of the ball. So, uh, they, and, I, and they've got to be, they've oh, got to yeah. be focused on getting better. The play calling has been sporadic and I know, I know, I know we could turn on state sponsored right now and they're going to tell you everything's fine. Go look at the PFF data. Cortland sun's a top 10 wide receiver. I don't care. I know what I see and it's bad football. Russell Wilson knows it's bad football. He's telling us that into these microphones, but for whatever reason, it starts with the play calling for me. It's so sporadic. It seems without any rhyme or reason. And it's just, it's been tough, but yeah. something that's not tough is all the support we get here at MHH and, and Roy's coming in here saying, what's up, Dylan, Scott, Thomas, and Luke. What's your prediction of the game Sunday? Roy, you're going to have to stick around for that. We give our predictions towards the end of the show. A little bit of a tease. Everyone loves a tease. Uh, but no, these Raiders are dangerous. And you're exactly right, Tom. You said they're not firing the Broncos on all cylinders. I don't know that they're firing on any cylinders. Maybe one. <laughs> Uh, you know, you got the punter out there getting the AFC special teams of player of the week and Corliss Watman. I guess that's cool if you want to pump the pump the ball 10 times a game. Uh, but I'll give them credit where credit is due. Special teams has been abysmal for 22 years for the Denver Broncos. A lot of people think it's just been five, 10. Thomas, I know you're a historian of the game and the Broncos. It's been like 22 years that special teams has been horrendous. Maybe they're starting to finally figure that out. Yeah, I hope so. What I saw, what I've been seeing, the special teams is much better for sure. I mean, and all the people that were upset that uh, they made that uh, cut at the punter's position for the money reasons starting to pay off now. I, I liked Waitman. I liked his hang time. And, you know, the, the, the great thing about this, though, is we have a we're watching a special college can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of twenty five one thousand dollars savings plan deposits for sixth through twelfth graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Teams, um, a special teams unit that's working, a defensive unit that's obviously working, and all they have to do is figure out one side of the ball, which I think they will. I think they will. <laughs> I'm just seeing, I'm not seeing them scheme open people enough. They need to figure out how to scheme open the wide receivers. And I think that will, that will uh, make that offense run a, a little bit better for sure. 
Sometimes it's paralysis by analysis, but the defense is definitely clicking, just like our guy Phil McLaughlin coming in with some stars. Thank you so much for the support, Phil, and uh, happy Wednesday. Hope things are going well on your hump day. Saying good evening, Luke, Tom, and Deacon Scott. That's right. Our guy Scott Kennedy on the ones and twos. You can get it, Scott, at Scout Kennedy on Twitter. Um, Phil saying, I love the way PS2 is shutting down his side. Hashtag go Broncos. Tom, what can you tell us about Pat Sertan and going through the film and he looks even better when I watch it two, three times and you start charting plays and you start figuring out that quarterbacks are not throwing to that man's side of the ball. Yeah. I think he was targeted five times on Sunday <laughs> uh, at best and uh, no, no receptions. I mean, and I, I, I was watching uh Baldinger, I think uh, broke something down. Just he, he relies on his skill. He, he, uh, he has faith in what he knows uh, and, and that's, uh, you know, the technique and he has it down. And that's what, you know, he's got, I'm obviously he's got the bloodlines and he's uh, you know, he is, he's, he's one of the best in the league right now. And in only a second year, only a second year. I went on my big bold take of this year was Pastor Tan would be number the most elite corner this year. And he's certainly making me feel better about myself because, you know, I'm out there playing the games and everything too. No, Pastor Tan to me, he's your best player on this team. That's not named Russell Wilson. He really is. Uh, Nick and I got in a little bit of a debate. Nick Nick goes a little bit more towards Justin Simmons, um, which that debate can definitely be had. But look, the Broncos are doing okay without Justin Simmons right now. And that's surprising because I immediately went into panic mode, especially with Caden Stearns, Kareem Jackson, who does a lot of freelancing back there too. I know he's a thumper, but it's really, really tough. Mike S weighing in. Mike probably loves talking about those Bama players, those Bama boys, including PS2, uh, saying you guys need to put up at least 20 to 24 points to win a game. And that's just it. We're talking about the Broncos defense, and I think the Broncos defense has given up 19 points the last two weeks, um, which is very exceptional. But then you look at the Broncos offense, and when we talk about sporadic and not being able to put up points, look, when the punter, and no disrespect to Corliss Watman, is getting AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, you got the Manning cast, you got Eli Manning. I don't know if you saw this, Tom. I'm sure you did. You got Eli Manning, a.k.a. Chad Powers, out there throwing a little bit of shade at Russell Wilson, saying they should have paid the punter all those yeah. millions of dollars. And kind of interesting to hear Russell Wilson's reaction today. And uh, Russell Wilson's response, he was asked today at the podium <laughs> regarding Eli Manning's comment. And he said, Chad Powers, I'm pretty sure I'm 3-0 and against <laughs> Chad Powers. And so it was a tasteful answer, and it's nice to yeah. see those competitive juices are still flowing from Russ. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was it was a great answer, really. I mean, it wasn't... You know, he knows he knows there's something wrong and he's trying to fix it. And, you know, there's there's issues and he's still taking it in stride. He's not uh, you know, he's not saying anything that's demeaning to the coach or, you know, typical stuff. So Gage Madrid, thank you for coming in. Yeah, Luke, I yeah, we all are hoping his arms healing up quick. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. for sure for sure so i, I appreciate uh, yes. that gage yeah no i appreciate that brother we uh you missed meeting tom one by one day man the one day gage was sick because gage gage one of those knowledgeable football fans out there too man he was out there every day at training camp got to pick his brain and it's cool because look the mhh meet and greet is really cool too but we like to be and talk football with everybody no matter what no matter when you don't have to send money if you want to chat We'd love to have it. So please get at Tom at Thomas Hall NFL on Twitter. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. I know Scott feels the same way at Scout Kennedy and head on over to the mothership at Mile High Huddle. We've got tons of other shows, 
Tom, you're host of one of them on Friday morning. And uh, we just can't get enough football here, especially in season and especially during Raider week. And Garth Knight, our guy, is coming in with a very generous $5 super chat. Thank you very much, Garth. What you're donating helps us keep the lights on here at MHH. Gentlemen, any idea to what Jerry Rossberg does as far as helping Nathaniel Hackett? Tom, go ahead and tell us who Jerry Rossberg is. And that's a great question from Garth yeah. Knight. Well, they brought him in to help game management. So that, I mean, that's, uh, you know, with an inex inexperienced head coach trying to call the plays and do everything, you, you, it's nice that Hackett's realized there was that issue, brought someone in to focus on game management. And as we know, game management can lose a game for you or poor game management for that matter. And I, what I saw from uh, in the San Francisco 49ers game, I thought he actually, I thought it was a much better game management than we've seen the last two. So yeah, Roseburg been re retired for a while. He, uh, I think he came over, not sure, maybe the Panthers. I can't remember where he was last, but Baltimore, I think, Baltimore, I think that's right. I think Baltimore. it was a long time Baltimore cat. I don't know how they talked him out of retirement, but yep. you know, you got my, you got my mind spinning here because some guy named Dom Capers is also associated in, in being hired or not hired, but he's being paid by the Broncos right now as a defensive assistant. Maybe his name needs to be brought up a little bit more when you talk about Ezra Evero and all of these young coaches. I like the fact that someone went to get help and that someone was the person in the biggest position of power on the whole damn team, the head coach. He's yep. saying, I need help. I get it. I think George Payton probably offered that help. And I don't think Nathaniel Hackett was one to, to turn it down. Now, yep. I don't think I think leadership, quality leadership also includes admitting when you're wrong and admitting you don't know what you don't know. And for all intents and purposes, per source, whatever I got to say, the Broncos are all in on Nathaniel Hackett. His players like him. Three weeks into the season so far, I know it's early, but they spent all training camp together. Uh, they've been getting this national hate. They've been the subject of memes, jokes, puns, you name it. The Broncos have quickly become the most hated team in the NFL. But they well, uh, you have a little technical difficulty. I'll just jump on and say, uh, kind of continue what Luke was saying there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a sign of good leadership to recognize weaknesses and fill them. And you look at any great leaders, uh, you know, in business or whatnot, they're, they're bringing people that will make the team better. And that's what Nathaniel Hackett did. I can see why the people like him. I can see why his players like him. Uh, good leader. He just needs to figure out a few things about the, on the football field. That's, that's where he really needs to figure it out. And that's that, you know, once, and I think that'll come once that happens, th this team's going to be hard to beat. Gary Leeds Palmer, thank you for coming in. Appreciate it. Hey, Luke, Thomas and Scott, Facebook won't let me use my stars today. Well, that is a shame. I don't know why, but I appreciate you coming in anyway. It's a, it's great to see you. Um, stars are shining bright. Gary, thanks for the support. Oh, so I guess they are working. So I don't know what Facebook's, uh, Facebook's telling you, but we're seeing it here. So thank you. Miguel, uh, appreciate you coming in. Sup, fellas. Are you guys worried about this game as much as me? Tired of losing to Las Vegas. Yeah. I'm with you, Miguel. I am sick and tired of losing to the Raiders. I have, uh, I loved it when I was back, you know, watching in the Shanahan days. He made it a point to never lose to the Raiders, and he did very lose very very few games to him. In these last few years, we've we've seen some uh, pretty poor performances uh, down there, especially in uh, Vegas or in Oakland. So I think they're going to change it. I actually am a little bit worried just because it's a rivalry game, and like Luke said earlier. 
this um, <laughs> uh, this Raiders team is they're back against the wall. They know if they lose this game, they're they're done. They're out of the playoffs. I mean, I don't I I, I doubt that. I can't. There's I think only in the history of uh, the playoffs, only four teams maybe started zero and four and uh, ended up making it to the playoffs. Something like that. It's a it's a pretty low number. So they're they're going to come out fighting. But uh, man, I don't. I if the Broncos can just figure it out on offense a little bit. They're going to take this game pretty well. Michaela, thanks for coming in. By the way, it was awesome to meet you, Tom. Super fun day. Yeah, talking about the meet and greet. Yeah, it was awesome to meet you too. I had a blast. It was wonderful to to meet all the people that are supporting us that, that could show up. And um, yeah, it was wonderful. So thank you for for coming to that meet and greet. Thank you for the comment. Gage coming back in. I'm never up early enough for Tom's show <laughs> live. Ha ha. I'm glad to catch him here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is it is kind of a rough time slot Friday morning, you know, end of the week, seven o'clock in the morning. But you can always watch it again. There's, uh, you know, just go to the Mile High YouTube. You don't have to watch it live. Any Anybody watching it, it makes me happy. So jump in there, check it out. Uh, it, so um, definitely. I just want to uh, go back to one thing. We were start talking about the offense a lot, but I, I just want to mention one thing about this defense. And when we're, when we're going to watch them in Oakland, and I know that people are saying that the uh, Broncos defense hasn't faced anybody really with a really good offense. And they're going to come up against the Raiders who have the makings of a pretty good offense with Carr and, uh, you know, Devontae Adams and whatnot. But if you look at what the teams that the Broncos have played, I know it's early. The Broncos have held the Seahawks to 65 yards less than their other two performances, the Texans 80 yards and the 49ers 85. And they've averaged, uh, six, almost six points less, uh, le- allowing six points less than the, the other games. So it's not really that they haven't played it. I mean, yeah, maybe they haven't played a juggernaut of an offense, but they have taken the offenses that they've faced and made them perform much worse. The only, off, only difference was uh, Seattle uh, scored a little bit more, but I mean, that was their Super Bowl. So um As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You know, they're going to win many more games after that. Phil McLaughlin, where's Luke? I don't know what happened to Luke. Something happened, technical difficulty. He uh, got stuck and disappeared, and hopefully he'll be back on. 
but I'll see what I can do to kind of carry this along. Andrew Baker, sup, Luke, Tom, Scott, and fam. What's the winning game plan for Raiders? Mile MHI for life. Mile Hunters for life. Thank you uh, for coming in with Star a Andrew. I appreciate that coming in from Facebook. I, I know Luke's still uh, working on his technical difficulties, but I will attempt to answer that. Two things. We mentioned one earlier. That's uh, stopping Max Crosby off the edge. Uh, I, I know the Broncos have uh, had a little trouble with uh, letting pressure get to, to Russell Wilson, especially on Sunday. He, he got uh, hurried quite a few times from my perspective at the game. So I think that's number uh, one, one issue. But like I said before, the Broncos have had a tough time with the timing that Derek Carr has had. Those quick timing passes, uh, they need to figure out a way to, to disrupt that timing, shut that down, and I think they'll, they'll stop the offense. I mean, they've been doing great against the run. I'm not really worried about that running game. I think if they can uh, disrupt that timing that we've seen in the past, that Derek Carr's really got uh, really picked the Broncos' defense apart, uh, I think those are the two keys. But, you know, the big thing is they've got to figure out the offense. The Broncos need to figure that out. We're all talking about it. We, I mean, it's on everybody's mind. So uh, that's the big thing. And, uh, you know, I keep – the nice thing about – I made a joke about watching the game of the 49ers game and, you know, saying at least they aren't having any red zone issues because they couldn't even get to the red zone. I was a stout defense. But when they did get to the red zone, they did punch it in. So, you know, maybe the tide's starting to turn. Maybe we're going to start to see a little bit better. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to get Billy Turner back from injury. Hopefully he can start uh, contributing, get Quinn Miners back. That's going to help tremendously because I really like what Miners was doing that first game. He's really opening holes for the running game. I think he's a better player than uh, Glasgow at this point in his career. So those are some key factors. All right, Luke's back. Thank goodness. No, hey, <laughs> what? Just like Melvin Gordon, my internet dropped the ball. Uh, <laughs> kind of where we're at. No apologies. This thing happens, Tom, as you know, especially internet, radio, all these sorts of things. Yep. Where are we at? Well, uh, I was just trying to carry the show as best I could, and we uh, we're I was uh, look talking this. about look, uh, look at Nick Luke's wife turned off the <laughs> Wi-Fi. I absolutely love it, Nick. Thanks so much, Chase. Coming in here real quick. Luke is in the Matrix. Computer must have locked out. Uh, that's absolutely great. Now, appreciate you guys for for riding with me. Sorry about that. Yeah, so we actually what we were just talking about are some of the keys to beating the Raiders. So we touched I touched on a couple of things that you mentioned. The Max Crosby touched on sure. the timing and uh, of the Derek Carr as receivers that had kind of chewed up the Broncos in the past. So uh, that's kind of where I left it off. And obviously, okay. fixing fixing uh, the Broncos' offense is a uh, a big deal. Yeah, the <laughs> there's the missus right there. She did not turn the Wi-Fi off. It's funny because I started cursing immediately before I went to go unplug the modem and do that whole thing. And uh, she's like, I don't, what's going on? I only see Thomas on there. So the missus, always watching. Uh, nice. Take that. If you guys are going to take anything, remember, she's always watching. Uh, no, but speaking of watching, the Broncos need to watch out for Max Crosby. I don't know how hard it is for them to realize that Multiple tight ends is probably the only way you're going to fix this. Uh, when Melvin Gordon happily just waltzed into the end zone the other day, he should have been kissing Andrew Beck, saying thank you so much for that mean block. Uh, the offensive line, specifically Dalton Reisner and Garrett Bowles, they're just road grading on that left side. But 
you've got to somehow supplement that and the Raiders know it's coming and they've got Chandler Jones on the other side. So Russ Wilson needs to get rid of the ball. He needs to get rid of it really, really quick. That's something that Derek Carr is struggling with right now. When you look at Derek Carr, he's averaging 40 passes a game. I mean, that is significant. And he's hanging on to the ball way longer than he has. Now, I take a lot of shots at Derek Carr, his mascara, all that kinds of stuff. Say what you want about him. He gets rid of the football quickly, historically. He's not doing that this year. And I think that's because he's in this McDaniel system where everything is so complex and he's got to make six, seven reads just to make the boss man happy. Um, I, I think if you're a Broncos defender, you're probably feeling pretty confident about this game. But if if you're on offense and you're trying to plan for these two extraordinary pass rushers and Max Crosby and, and Chandler Jones, you've got to double it up with the tight ends and you've just got to go straight ahead. A power eye, one wide receiver, and do it. it move one man against another man's will. It's it's plain and simple. That's right. David Weidler coming in. Good evening, Thomas Luke and MHH family. Thank you, David, for coming in, and we appreciate your uh, your comments. Miguel, coming back in, I'm ready to see whose edge rush stands out. What what matchup are you looking forward to? I'm just going to okay. say, yeah, before we jump in that, I just want to say one thing uh, that you commented. One thing that so I didn't see much of in the 49ers was throwing some uh, quick screens uh, to, to uh, negate that pass rush. It would be nice to see a few of those uh, this, this game against the Raiders. So, But, yeah, the and matchups. Maybe they should. That's a good point, and and I was going to bring that up. Maybe they should throw it to Mike Boone because Javante has been dropping balls. Melvin Gordon fumbles balls. I mean, like at certain points last week, I was scratching my head because they got Mike Boone in there for pass protection sets, and I'm yeah. like, huh, you know? And I'm wondering, is Javante Williams injured? Is something going on there, Miguel? I really, really love it. Talking about a matchup that screams, watch this matchup off the page. PS2 against Devonte Adams. That is something I've been wanting to see since. I landed from spring break. I got back from Key West with my family. We're in DIA. We're trying to get into the truck and go home. And then all of a sudden it comes across the radio. Boom. Devontae Adams has been traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. I immediately thought, wow, this is going to be tough. This is going to suck bad. And then I thought, no, it's not. We've got Pat Sertan. Pat Sertan's bodying up DK Metcalf. He's bodying up all these wide receivers, Brandon Nayuk. I mean, this man does not back down. But he plays with his head. He's smart. He's intelligent. He's instinctual. What do you think about that? Devontae Adams against Pat Sertan. Yeah, man, that's going to be a matchup uh, that everyone wants to see. And I, I hope uh, Sertan's fully healed from that injury that he had. So there's no, no, nothing bothering him because, man, I, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. And, uh, you know, he's faced a lot of uh, a lot of tough uh, receivers as a rookie and he shut them down. So it's going to be it's going to be a good matchup for sure. And. Hopefully the hopefully it's just enough that the uh, pass rush can get to car. Oh, they got to get to car. Lawrence Rivera weighing in. What's up, Lawrence? Hope you're doing well, guys. What's up? I love this pair. Can we finally get some new signings? Maybe a wide receiver, tight end, and fullback before it's too late. Uh, yeah, look, Lawrence. There's a lot of talent on this team that's not even being utilized right now. I I look at the injury report every week, Thomas, and and KJ Hamler's always on it. Yeah, KJ Hamler's always on it, but he's dressed. He says he's ready to go. Um, not quite sure what's going on there. As for the tight ends, Lawrence, I think some of that and what you're picking up on is there's not really a favorite right now other than Cortland Sutton. Um, you were out there at training camp with me, Tom, in the dog days of summer sweating, yep. and we were watching Russ love his tight ends, specifically Eric Sauber, Eric yep. Tomlinson, Albert O. Uh, Greg Dulcich is still just 
waiting to come back, but that's another body. That's a lot of bodies in that room right now. And say what you want about Andrew Beck, the blocker, but he can catch as well. It's just frustrating to see the lack of chemistry with any other wide receiver on this team not named Cortland Sutton. And I think a lot of that tells you how much Tim Patrick meant to Russell Wilson in the offseason. I think Russell Wilson and Nick and I love to debate this too. Now we can talk about which player has more talent, Cortland Sutton or Tim Patrick. And then we could talk about which player plays harder, works harder. Um, and to me, that would be a little bit more Tim Patrick. And I love Cortland Sutton. Yeah, watch 14 on Sunday. He's going to be blocking his ass off. He takes pride in blocking. That's why he's a team captain. But so does Tim Patrick, man. And I think it just shows you that that you can't make up that time. You know, spending time out there with the boys in San Diego, throwing with them in training camp. Tim Patrick goes down. No one's really answered the call. I mean, who? Kendall Hinton? I mean, like Kendall Hinton is answering the call right now. Jerry Judy, where are you at? And I know I don't need Jerry Judy like getting after Shannon Sharp on Twitter. Shannon Sharp's a Hall of Famer, bro. He's got three Super Bowl rings. Shut your mouth and get off of Twitter. It bothers me. It pisses me off because all these guys like to say, hey, no, nah, Twitter doesn't mean anything. It certainly does. If we're, you know, dropping passes where you have lackadaisical efforts. I mean, why don't the Broncos have a true number two wide receiver? Well, he got lost energy. Tim Patrick, for sure. He was the true number two. But uh, yeah, Jer- Jerry Judy needs, Judy needs to step up. And I want to touch on Andrew Beck just for a second because when uh, that Seattle game, he came out like a house of fire and was incredible. And then he's just not been a part of the offense much anymore. Like what happened? Why all of a sudden you're not seeing those plays that were working. Uh, they're just not there anymore. So I don't know that they, they got to figure out. They really need to figure out how they can get these tight ends involved more. And I thought Sobert was going to be much more involved than he's, he's not. And none of them really are. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. And I, I don't know if that's the scheme. I don't know if they're just not getting open. I don't know what it is, but uh, they're struggling for sure. 
I'll give Nick a little bit of credit. I don't want to give him too much credit. He's not here, so I'll give him a little bit of credit. I would never do that if he was here. But he has said, you know, just like everybody else, Russell Wilson historically doesn't use the tight end position that much. And I said, dude, I'm out here at training camp. Thomas is here with me. I'm not just seeing things. It's not that hot. I'm not delusional. I'm telling you, he's using the tight end in the middle of the field. The, yeah. So far, we're not using anybody really in the middle of the field. Uh Look, it's not a secret, and everybody in Seattle, Pete Carroll, Legion of Boom members, R Richard Sherman, whoever, you could come out and say, oh, well, we know that Russ doesn't like to roll to the left. Well, no kidding. He's a right-handed quarterback. <laughs> Which right-handed quarterback does like to run, roll out to the left? It's just surprising that it's taking this long because things seemed a lot smoother in training camp, in practice. Who do I sound like now? Vance Joseph, right? We had a great practice all week <laughs> and when things are scripted, but that's just it. The first set of plays are scripted, Tom. You know that better than anybody. And I can't figure out why Denver is having all of this trouble. I mean, a yeah. great question here from Phil McLaughlin, and I wanted to get to it. You guys think the Raiders' edge rush is better than the 49ers? I 100% do. I think that's a, a comment and a question that can be up for debate. But to me right now, Max Crosby is probably the best pass rusher in this division, in the AFC West, and it's got a lot of them. But I'm just I'm seeing this guy get better with each rep it's not even each game right now i'm seeing what he can do his slide not just his pass rush but his ability to maneuver and take angles almost josie jewel-esque linebacker-esque at the edge rusher position uh what do you think to to phil's question do we think we have a really really elite pass rush with the raiders yeah, I mean, obviously on paper for sure, but even you know, you watch the games, like you said on film, Matt Crosby's just a he's a good pass rusher. I, I think Chandler Jones gets a, a little more hype than than uh, you know what he really puts out there. He gets he he goes in spurts, but when he does when he's on, he you know, he can he can wreak havoc. So that and that worries me because the 49ers were getting to Russell Wilson on Sunday far more often than I had hoped. So it does it is a bit of a worry. Uh, when you got two elite pass rushers off the edge. Yeah, absolutely. It's a worry. And no, he's not, you know, an older Peyton Manning where we were all terrified. Remember that when Peyton came over yep. and we're like, oh, man, when Peyton takes his first hit, we all thought his head was going to fall off. Yeah. It's, nothing, it's nothing like that with Russ, right? Because Russ, say what you want about Russ's height. Russ is a thick boy. I mean, oh, yeah. you've you've talked, you've seen him, been right up there with him. Me too. Yeah. Um, he's a thick boy. He takes care of his body. He can take these hits, but how many of them can he can he take over and over? I thought Garrett Bowles had a pretty sloppy game. If I'm going to be honest, looking going back and looking at the film, I saw a lot of old habits coming back that I really don't want to see because pass rushers say what you want about them. They're smart <laughs> and yeah. they watch a lot of film, too. And the biggest thing that players watch when they're watching key one on one matchups, as you know, Tom, is fundamentals trending things what what do guys like to do how if i move here how can i manipulate this and I, I just i dare to say garrett Bowles has taken a little bit of a step back thus far now i think it's correctable but it would help if russell wilson got rid of the ball a little bit quicker sure you also have to understand too they're not playing with the same offensive line that they started with in camp right I mean, they they came out and said they want to have that offensive line set in the first week of camp but then you had calvin anderson who was the right tackle moved to backup left tackle, you slotted in Cam Fleming, then you lost Miners, you put in Glasgow. It's not the same offensive line. Uh, they're, they're still, no. you know, that's that's throwing off their timing and their communication. 
So, you know, you've got those issues going on and then you're going to get Billy Turner back, which is going to add more complexity, try to get him up to speed. So that's an issue, you know? So I don't know. Are they, are they though? Are are they going to get Billy Turner back? I mean, it's a good question from Garth Knight here. Uh, I'm with Nick and Scott. You can see Billy Turner uh, while on DMT and the machine elves will guide you to the field. He plays right tackle on. Yeah. Billy Turner, Garth. I mean, that's, we're all waiting for Billy Turner, man. When you look at the practice report today, um, did not practice guys, defensive lineman, DJ Jones, Dalton Reisner, Tyree Cleveland, Jonathan Cooper, Billy Turner. They're still nursing that knee. Nathaniel Hackett seems to say, we're trying to get him over the hump, the last hump of the, of the knee, whatever that means. Uh, Randy Gregory is still being held out and cornerback Darius Phillips. Now, the good news guys who were living, in practice today safety Caden Stearns Quinn Miners Kendall Hinton Melvin Gordon uh Baron Browning Mike Purcell and PJ Locke so you look at the injury report and I know it was like panic especially against the Texans when Jerry Judy goes down and Pastor Tan goes down both those guys played the other day uh PS2 certainly played great Jerry Judy, I think he can have a definitely uh, a better outing. But uh, Gage coming in real t- real quick too, saying, "Look, Jerry Judy is is bordering on bust." And no, I'm not afraid to say that either. I mean, like I was the guy writing articles that pissed off state sponsored last year, saying you should trade it. Right here, right here, and I'm not hiding from it. Not because he's not a talent, but because that talent is is decreasing by the game, folks, and we've got to figure it out. David Wilder coming in here. Good evening to Scott, too. That's right, Scott on the ones and twos. I hope that Pookie Javante Williams can become a better pass protector so he can be used more. I cringe every time Melvin Gordon touches the ball, wondering if he will cough up the ball. Mike Boone should definitely get more touches behind Pookie. David, I completely agree with you. I don't cringe. I yell. I scream. Anytime I see 25 in the backfield and you can ask my wife and my daughter, oh, here we go. He's going to drop it. He's going to drop it. I don't understand it. I don't see why the NFL, not the NFL, the Broncos are in love with this running back. I don't see it, Thomas. Two coaching staff saw it. Two general managers saw it. And John Elway and George Payton, who brought him back because nobody wanted him. That's just the truth. If somebody wanted him, he would have been somewhere else. But I ultimately think he's here because he's Russell Wilson's buddy. They were buddies at Wisconsin, which is why Melvin Gordon is here. Now, Javante Williams, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's nursing something. I don't know if he's going through something personally. Total speculation, but his usage is sporadic and irresponsible, to say the least. Well, I got two things that hopefully uh, will be more than just being Russell Wilson's friend, but Gordon's got a nose for the end zone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you got to – fumbles aside, Um. he can can get into the end zone. (laughs) And he can pass block. So those are two reasons why they still keep him around. I'm not impressed with Melvin Gordon either. I was I was screaming just as loud as you were, but in the stands last week when he was dropping, putting that on the field, luckily it didn't cost them the game. Well, so. well, what's that like? So, you know, you got the fans, you got the fans counting down, you know, two weeks ago against Houston. I'm glad they weren't doing that the other day. Props to the Broncos. Hey, congratulations. You did it right. Like those certificates when you're five years old. Yay. We got the playoff. It's good to see that, but fans are impatient. They want to win now when Gordon's fumbling. I mean, what are the reactions with, from fans? Because it seems to me like Broncos country's over it as well. They're not on the same war path that I am with Melvin Gordon where they just can't stand him. But it seems like he's never really been welcomed, but whatever welcome he did get is certainly worn out. Yeah. You saw it in the stands. People were like, why are they giving them all? Why is he in the, why is he in the, 
uh, in the game, but then he scored that touchdown and then everybody kind of forgave the, all the fumbles before. So <laughs> you could yeah. have scored that touchdown and you're very <laughs> athletic, dude. You take care of yourself. That hole was wide. Oh, Andrew Beck should have got that touchdown. That should have just been a fullback handoff. I don't understand it. Lawrence Rivera weighing in real quick saying, so hear me out. Russell is a running quarterback that needs to be in a two running back set, like it or not, especially with the extra blocking it could provide. Also, a second look to our check down, and it let our wide receiver get down the field and open. Lawrence, I like it a lot because you're watching all these other athletic quarterbacks. You're probably a Lamar Jackson fan based off of uh, reading that comment and kind of where you're going with the offense. Here's the problem with that. That's not Nathaniel Hackett's philosophy. Nathaniel Hackett's philosophy, essentially, Tom, as you know, stems from the West Coast and these two running back sets. I mean, Shanahan does it, and you you saw it at times last week against San Francisco, but they're struggling in their own right, and you could see when the offense isn't tailored for the quarterback what it does, and the Broncos' offense, they're seeing it right now. I I would say that this isn't playing to Russell Wilson's strength at all. The running game needs to absolutely settle him down and support their quarterback. The reason Russ is so off with most of these throws, in my opinion, is his footwork. It's the same thing I was bitching about from Drew Locke. His feet aren't set, and that tells me he's uncomfortable. He's antsy. Something's something's off. Well, how do you do? How do you calm a quarterback's nerves? You give it to Javante Williams, who averages six point seven yards a pop, pretty much at any given time. And fun to watch. I'll tell you, the West Coast offense is rooted in two back sets. He's influenced by Lafleur, who is a very much a single back set kind of guy. And I think you're right. Put Andrew Beck back in the game, run some, uh, you know, run the ball, throw some quick passes to him out of the backfield. People aren't paying attention. He sneaks out there. I think Texas route. Yep. Yeah. A little Texas route. That's so. So when he said two back system, I guess my mind immediately went to like uh, that RPO where you can have two running backs on either side if you're in shotgun formation. And first of all, I hate that. Anytime you're in shotgun formation, you're going to run the ball because you've got to make up two to three yards before you even hit the line of scrimmage. That's tough. That's really, really tough, Uh, especially if you've got running backs who are having ball security problems. And that's right. I said running backs because Javante Williams has had some ball security issues in his time here in Denver, something I think he can clean up. Garth Knight coming back in with some more support. Thank you very much, Garth. We appreciate it. Tom, Nick is 0-8. In the Broncos game that he attends. That's right. At Nick Kendall MHH for all those Broncos losses, folks. That's what right. kind of winning percentage do the Broncos have while you are in attendance and nobody can beat Gary Leeds Palmer's 100% win yeah. rate? Well, I'll tell you, I've got a pretty good record. So in the regular season, I'm undefeated. Well, the Broncos are undefeated when I'm there. Super Bowl, <laughs> nice. not so much. I was at Super Bowl 48 and that was painful. But regular season wise, undefeated. Super Bowl 48, man. I remember, man, I that's tough. I'm sorry you had to sorry you had to be there for that one. Luckily, you got some redemption at Super Bowl 50, but I remember I was watching that at my with my parents. I've almost watched every big Broncos game with my with my family since I was a little kid and I had just had my daughter. The Broncos got blown out. I was pissed and I look at my dad and he's not really bothered by it. And I'm like, "How could this not bother you?" And he's like, "Son, Broncos just blew a Super Bowl. You're officially a Broncos fan. Welcome <laughs> to the club. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't want to be a part of this club. And I'm thinking, man, I just have this baby 
baby girls. She's going to be all decked out in Super Bowl gear. We got embarrassed. Just had to wait two years later. But it is funny how some of those traditions are there. I know Nick says the Broncos lose every time he's in attendance, which is why we don't need him or want him there. Uh, shout out to Nick Kendall, man, taking a little bit of time off out in the forest. Uh, Cody W. coming in here with a $2 super. Shot Melvin Gordon and find a number two wide receiver before the deadline, please. Hey, there's an idea, and I absolutely love it, Cody. Um, injuries happen all the time in the NFL, especially to running backs. And last year, Tom, I got to tell you, when Derrick Henry went down, I was wondering, are the Broncos getting phone calls from the Tennessee Titans? Because I can tell you, the Titans and the Broncos, they've talked about multiple players before in the past. Some players who are under long-term contracts for your starting Broncos on the offense today. Um, what do you think the Broncos could get from Melvin Gordon? Uh, That's not know. good. That's not good right there. I wish we could hold side sound bites. Uh Right. I, I mean, that's kind of where we're at. If no one really wanted you in free agency, I mean, this has to be a really desperate move to go after a running back, which is traditionally a devalued position right. and a running back that's in his 30s, who's got these fumbling issues. He's got a lot of wear on the tires. I mean, I would venture to say maybe a fifth round pick if you're lucky. I don't know if George Payton wants to use his scouts, his expert scouts to go find a wide receiver prospect that nobody knows about. Yeah. Um, but it'd be I mean, really, really tough, I think, to move Melvin yeah. for extreme capital. I don't think anyone's going to give up their number two wide receiver um, for Gordon because you really only have him for the rest of the season. He, he's on the downside of his career. His contract's up after the year. I mean, you, it has to be a desperate team and desperate need of a running back to w be willing to get Melvin Gordon for anything. I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I don't think the Broncos are going to do it. They, they'd be lucky to get anything for him at this point, maybe. A, but you're going to have to sweeten the deal with a draft pick, which the Broncos don't really have many of. So, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, they, I think they're going to wait for Judy to figure it out and uh, hopefully become the number two. Then they're going to get burned because no one can wait for anyone in the NFL. It's plain and simple. And if you're a wide receiver, Kendall Hinton, God bless you. And, and I've got some friends out there who, who love Kendall Hinton. I don't, I love the story. Sure. Hall of Famer, cute story, novelty, but I like football players. And I will say this, Kendall Hinton's a football player. He's out yeah. there doing everything he can to not only do his job, but help his team win. Heck, throw number nine the ball some more. I'm totally in. Timothy Cotton weighing in. Tim's another good buddy of mine. What's up, Tim? Just listening. Uh, fans are so fake with the booing. I'm sorry. I'm a retired U.S. Air Force vet. Thank you for your service. I've been all over the world, and this is the worst fans for booing, and it's not good. Um, what's your take on the booing? Because I think everybody kind of has a take, and I'm always interested to hear people's take. Now, yeah. I'm of the opinion that if you're at a professional sports game and you've bought a ticket, you absolutely have a right to boo. But I'm also of the opinion that fans should at times exercise a little bit of patience with their team. But the one thing I'm not down with, and I'm never down with it, my daughter asked me the other day, Dad, when can you take me to a Broncos game? And that's a question I really had to think about. Like, wow, you know, there's some colorful language at these games. Sometimes there's a little bit too much alcohol at these games. Not always the best kid-friendly environment, but I'm okay with booing. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of booing. They were booing uh, when I was there. I wasn't booing. I mean, it's kind of weird to, if you love a team, that you're going to, you know, be upset and boo them. Uh, I mean, they're out there 
working their butts off to make it better. I mean, I get it. If you're booing somebody that you just do not like, you know, somebody like say Tyreek Hill came to your team and you don't like him, (laughs) you can boo him all you want. But uh, yeah, I wasn't booing. But again, like you said, they paid good money to see uh, a prolific offense. We've all been waiting for this prolific (laughs) offense because Russell Wilson's here. He's paid big money uh, to be, uh, you know, take this team to the promised land and he hasn't got it done. So people are frustrated and I can understand that. So, you know, you, yeah, like you said, they paid their money. They can do whatever they want, but I'm not a big fan of booing. Uh, I didn't even boo. I didn't boo the other team either. A lot of, uh, a lot of players. Oh man. Really? What about the Raiders? I bet you'd boo the oh, Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few, I mean, <laughs> I, to me, I boo the, I, I boo the Raiders, the chiefs, and Seahawks fans. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you got some get back for that that Super Bowl 48 game. Well, here's something that make, should make Broncos country feel a little bit better. And I know it made me feel better. And look, I know the NFL is trying their best to do this whole stop hate and all these messages. And don't get me wrong. I agree with all of them. But you can't tell me, you know, stop hate when you got Aaron Donald out there throwing helmets and all this sort of things at practice. And it's just a violent game. And look, it's a marketing strategy. It's what it is. But speaking of the word hate, Bradley Chubb was asked today about the Raiders. And he said, quote, I hate them, to be honest with you. I just hate them. There's only a few teams in the league that I hate, and they are one of them. Because every time we go there, it seems like it has not gone in our favor. It's always a tough game. I always know it's going to be a good matchup. I always know it's going to be. I'm not going to say dirty, but they talking stuff. We talking stuff. And it's going back and forth. We know they're looking at it the same way we are. Tom, I am finally on the Bradley Chubb chain. It took me, what, four or five years, but I am here and I am on. Now, let's keep this train on the rails, Bradley. Let's stay healthy. Heck, I need Bradley Chubb staying off the practice field. I see Randy Gregory's taking it easy. Does Bradley Chubb really need to be out there practicing? No. Let's keep this man healthy because if you watch the end of the game last week against the 49ers, the Broncos are coming in. They're celebrating. Everybody loves those videos. And he says, best effing defense in the league. And he had a fire and a chippiness to him that I haven't seen before. And I think he's got a lot of motivation with this fifth year option, a lot of motivation with all the doubters, all his medical history and all these things. And heck, he's been heck, the heck of a sack sack artist here. Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory together, uh, five sacks, three forced fumbles, 10 quarterback hits. And that's just in three games. Yeah. I, I've, I've been impressed. Absolutely. Uh, impressed with what Chubb's been doing. I mean, take 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 uh, the Texan game. I mean, he, he they needed him to come through, and he did. You know, that's what that's what stars do. And he, you know, last year he wasn't that he was invisible, but this year he is he is definitely the star. You know, he is he's living up to his status. So yeah, you're right. It's always been about health for him. So uh, it's not talent, and he has been playing well. And I, it's music to my ears to hear him say that about the Raiders should be to any fans. You know, that's the way we want to hear it. It's the way we, we don't want playing, playing nice with the Raiders for sure. No, no, I want I want the old Raider hater stories of old man where Mike Shanahan's asking, you know, backup quarterbacks to throw footballs at Al Davis's head. And, you know, like this is a game where, to be honest with you, I don't mind it if a fight happens. I really don't. Um, And thinking about the last one, the only time I've ever had a problem with Tim Patrick's play 
was against the Raiders, and it wasn't that big of a problem. Now, if you remember back, and I know you do, he was ejected a few years ago when Drew Locke started down there and threw four interceptions that game. But who's counting? Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and Tim Patrick had taken exception to something that a defender had done and threw some hands. Now, you never want to throw hands, especially with another man's helmet on or anything like that. But it's nice to see that Bradley Chubb doesn't like this team because he shouldn't like this team. This team uh, is led by a complete jackass in Josh McDaniels. And I feel completely confident saying that and taking that personal shot based off of his history and the way that he treats people. And I'm talking about just the human element. I don't know if he's a good or an evil man, but I don't think he treats people very nicely, especially leaving guys and gals high and dry in the middle of the night for job opportunities. And then coming back, all those sorts of things, you're playing with people's livelihood. You don't, yell and scream at other grown men at practice i mean it's only a matter of time before you get a player out there that's going to take a swing at this guy i mean this guy just does not get it he is the little league football coach that is grabbing your kid by the face mask and screaming at him that's who josh mcdaniels is he's a bully he doesn't intimidate anybody and that's why the raiders are zero and three it's not because they don't have the talent yeah and it's not just that i mean it's not just the players he uh, rubs coaches the wrong way his own coaches, the people he hired to bring in. I mean, I remember yeah. he was, he started meddling with Mike Nolan's offense or defense when it was actually the only thing keeping him in games, and and that was it. Like, just let them do their job. So, yeah, I had I I have uh, no very little respect for uh, Josh McDaniels. Uh, he's a he doesn't seem like a very good person to me. And uh, you know, if we can, if we can watch the Broncos go in there and smack them around, I'll be plenty happy. Yeah, me too. I think Broncos country would be too because – and I don't know if you've got to be there. I know you were just in Vegas. Have you checked that stadium out, the, the Roomba, the Zumba, whatever they call yeah. it? I, it's, I've never been in it. It's a mecca, dude. I was down yeah. there for the Shrine shrine game doing some scouting last winter, and it is – yeah, it's pretty impressive. I, From what I understand, they have like a concert, like a band during, during the games and stuff yeah. like that, but it is huge. It's clear that the NFL wants their presence in Vegas and especially the Shrine game moving their stuff from Tampa over. Speaking of Tampa, obviously thoughts and prayers with everybody right. in Florida and anybody that's going to be affected by this hurricane. Uh, if there's anything we can do to help, please let us know because – you're definitely in our thoughts and prayers, along with all the first responders who are going to be very, very busy the next few days. Garth Knight is an absolute rock star tonight. I appreciate your support, as does Tom and Scott. Do y'all think there will be less Raiders scumbags now that the team is in Vegas? And from what I'm told, it's a nice venue. Yeah, Garth, it's a it's a gorgeous stadium, no doubt about it. It's the it's Sin City, and that's what has me worried. It's Sin City. And yeah. I don't think players are going to mind traveling to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. It's, you know, everything else that, that's in Las Vegas. But when, when you're honest about it, all those things are here, too. They're in Denver, just like they're in Las Vegas. There's gambling is legal now in Colorado. You know, there's their gentlemen's clubs. There are all the things we worry about players getting into trouble and in the public eye. They're here, too. So uh, I don't know about less scumbags, but I, I don't have any love for the Raider fans at all. Um, luckily, I, I'm young enough. I never experienced the old games where, like, Raider fans were throwing glass bottles and stuff at the Broncos and things like that. I mean, that seems a little bit scary. I think those were the Los Angeles Raiders days yeah. of old, right? I'll tell you, uh, the Broncos fans can paint that – stadium orange if they want to i was just on there today looking at tickets just for fun okay. there is are so many seats available for resale 
Broncos fans, if you want to get down to that stadium and turn it orange, Ooh. this is a prime opportunity. Raiders are 0-3. They are not looking good, and people are selling their tickets uh, resale. So jump on that. Uh, jump on it if you can. I know they're a lot more expensive than a lot of places in the league, but go have some fun in Vegas and cheer for the Broncos. Yeah, well, that's just it. And our guy Benjamin Flores coming in here saying McDaniel's press conferences are even horrible. You can tell he's an idiot. And uh, <laughs> that's just it, man. 65000 for an expensive build. It's really not that big. Yeah, it's um, it's Las Vegas. It's where the NFL wants to make money. It's where they're going to make money. It's I, I know I didn't mind being down there scouting. Um, it, it was interesting. I think we were over at um unlv for the practices and i'd never been to, the, to any of their facilities very very impressive but what i will say about the raiders in las vegas and their presence they've got a lot of fans especially in las vegas who are just waiting for a team to come and i think they adopted the raiders they're not the raider fans from oakland or los angeles or any of that stuff uh but you see a lot of team stores Raider stores everywhere and they're always closed or they're always empty. I mean, like if you're telling me that these tickets are being resold in this new stadium, that's supposed to have Devonte Adams, and Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro. And Hey, we got a new deal with Darren Waller and Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, dude, Owen three. And this fan base is already giving up on their team. Kind of reminds you of at least the Bronco history. When McDaniels got blew out here as the head coach by None other than the Raiders. I think, what was that, 56 to 14 or something like that? And that exactly. consequently led to his dismissal. And I'll tell you what, there's not, it's going to be, they're not going to be much better than to see the Broncos put the nail in the Raiders' coffin. Because if they send them to 0 4 <laughs> at their own house, uh, Ooh, it's over yes. for the Raiders and have the Broncos do it to Josh McDaniels. Uh, fans should be loving it. So I think there's going to be some extra motivation for the Broncos to go out there and, uh, I mean, there's not many. I don't think there's much uh, left from the old McDaniel's regime and things like that. But there's still some <laughs> memories from it. So, have you seen that meme going around? That's like the reason the New England Patriots have not named an offensive coordinator is because they're waiting for Josh McDaniels to get fired. I feel yeah. like there's so much truth in that. And thank God for those memes. Nick D coming in. Luke's an NFL scout. What are we scouting? Hardly an NFL scout, but I like to try to evaluate players. I will never say I am an expert. I will never say I am a scout. I try to evaluate players, do the best I can, as do many of us, including Thomas and uh, Scott here behind the scenes on one, on the ones and twos. A lot of us, Nick, Carl, Eric, Lance, a lot of us here at MHH do a ton of draft work, but uh, I like to spread my legs a little, not spread my legs, spread my wings, I should say, uh, one wing, uh, and, and get around the country a little bit. I like to go to the Mobile Senior Bowl where our guy, Scott, was just there experiencing the weather last year, and we kind of tag-teamed. He did the Senior Bowl, and I did the Shrine Game, and uh, it's where you get a chance to really evaluate a lot of talent, and one thing that I really love the most are pro days if i'm going to be honest with you especially here in the rocky mountain mile high region wyoming the university of wyoming has been putting out so many good football players this last decade i don't think people realize all 32 teams are traveling to laramie to look at players every single year they're bypassing fort collins they're bypassing boulder the university of wyoming folks it's got a really really strong football community and you're seeing a lot of really good players come out of there yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, this is I saw this comment pop up, and I, I was saying the same thing in the stands. David Weiler, thank you for pointing this out. Saw too many 49ers jerseys in Denver this past weekend watching on TV. You're absolutely <laughs> right. In really? fact, I mean, Broncos fans, 
who are selling their tickets. You can do what you want. It's your money. It's your season tickets. But I frankly think you should be ashamed to sell it to the 49ers or whoever's coming to visit because they actually were yelling during the offense's time, Broncos' offense's time of the ball, and it was pretty loud. That's how many fans were there. So, mm. I mean, Broncos fans need to uh, kind of change your attitude. we got a winning team here. We need to get behind them and be there and not – have a bunch of visitors there. I mean, it's your money. Do what you want with it, but it is kind of shameful. And I, I pointed that out when I got there. I was like, holy mackerel, there are way too many 49ers jerseys running around. Luckily, we sent them home with a loss. So <laughs> Take that L on the way out. Yeah, well, and here's something else that I wonder, and maybe I'm just going to be an apologist for them. Um, maybe they're closet Broncos fans that were worried about that game. I mean, you got the Shanahan connections, right? So if the Broncos lost, was it really the worst thing in the world? No, because everybody really, for the most part, wants to see Kyle have success. And Mike is up there. It, it, isn't it odd to see Mike looking like a silver fox? I mean, that narration for Sunday Night Football gave me goosebumps. Anytime Mike does anything, it gives me goosebumps. Uh, but it's just, I don't know. That's tough. For me, it used to be when the Broncos were down in the mid-2000s, the Steelers, that damn terrible towel. <laughs> everywhere yeah. in that stadium and i hated yeah. to see it and you're exactly right it, it, you know if if by the same token i i think that someone's allowed to boo then they are certainly allowed to sell their ticket and playing devil's advocate broncos offense has not been exciting it's been boring i mean you probably had to have a red bull or a cold pop when you were at the game just to kind of stay awake it was a close game but it was almost like a pitcher's duel i heard that on denver radio this week a little bit it seemed like you know a back and forth pitcher's duel well correct me if i'm wrong man this is football not baseball baseball puts people to sleep football pete's puts asses in seats kind of a thing uh i just i wasn't down with it man I, this offense has got to improve Bottom line. Yeah. And to me, you run the ball. Give it to Javante Williams, number 33. And Graham Glasgow, he's got to figure it out. I don't know yeah. when Natani Moody's going to be back. I don't know who else we could put in there. Compton, I don't know when he's going to get better. But Graham Glasgow is a liability on this offensive line. I talk every week. Are you an asset or are you a liability? Graham Glasgow, we're not getting any push from the right guard position. Calvin Anderson does much better in the run blocking scheme. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, you're seeing some improvements. Nothing crazy, nothing marginal. He's no Creed Humphrey out there in Kansas City. But Graham Glasgow and running the ball, I think, has given Nathaniel Hackett a lot of reservations with the running game. The good news is uh, they're they're thinking that Miners may, may be back for this game. So keep our fingers crossed that he's uh, ready to roll. Boom. And Quinn Miners, by the way, attended the Senior Bowl. I wrote that guy up. Uh, Scott Scott and I, Tom, you you as well, we all try to pick guys and, and that we like as prospects. And it's cool when you see them get to that fruition. And George Payton, that was his first year. So just off the top of my head, that year at the Senior Bowl, you got Quinn Miners, Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper, and there might have been one more other player. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he is, stays true to his scouting um, tree and his evaluations, and that's why you have depth at some of these positions. Phil McLaughlin coming in again, giving us a nice sign-off, saying, great show tonight, guys. It's nice seeing you live, Tom. I only get to see you on replays. Love the history you present to all of us. Phil, I appreciate that, and I know Tom does as well. And, of course, what Phil is referring to is the Legends of Mile High podcast, which is on every morning, every Friday morning at 7 a.m. Mountain Time. And, uh, Tom, what can folks expect from, from that podcast other than your star-studded guests of Carl Mecklenburg, <laughs> Justin Simmons, among others? 
Yeah, I mean, it is it is rooted in history for sure. Uh, you can expect to hear the Mile High Legend, I'm calling it, which is a story that I try to weave at the very end to kind of bring uh, some history to life. I also do uh, a lot of current events just to you know keep it fresh and everything. But, you know, talking a lot about Hall of Famers, just talked about Tom Nalen uh, this last week. He's uh, nominated for the Hall of Fame. And I am going to do everything I can to push for him to get in the Hall of Fame. So I even uh, designed a sweatshirt with uh, his number on it that I'm going to try and sell. And uh, all proceeds are going to go to charity and to uh, finance the uh, Tom Nalen for the Hall of Fame push. So <laughs> I, I'm serious, man. I'm uh, Tom Nalen is my number two uh, Bronco you know, for the Hall of Fame snub. Behind Gratishar, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And why Rand that is a sin that Randy Gratishar is not in. I'm gonna say that right now. Here's what I'll say about Tom Nalen. I'm okay with Tom Nalen not being in because Tom Nalen probably doesn't want to be in. He's you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he he's such a he's such a humble, self-loathing yep. guy that he's probably like, I don't want to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but you're exactly right. I mean, the Broncos have been slided. Tom Nalen changed the center position forever. I mean, no longer is the center just some short little fat guy that's going to snap the ball. I mean, Tom Nalen came in lean, trim, and was responsible for directing that whole unit, that offense. I I mean, what he had to do is truly amazing. Be sure to head on over to Legends of Mile High every Friday morning with Thomas Hall um, here on this MHH channel. And Garth Knight coming in real quick to send us off another $5 super. Thank you so much, Garth. That was cool when Scott was talking about that Armstead dude on Frisco being better rated as an offensive tackle versus defense but great at both that's just it garth it's cool man we've got so many different personalities so many different minds and we look at things differently here at mhh and uh that's important tom i know you and i defer and we we were arguing in a healthy bickering way at training camp over what we thought about different players but that's what this sport is about if we all agreed then it would be boring that's something nick kendall always says and i absolutely love and subscribe to it uh but look we're not gonna blast you on twitter too if you have a different opinion than us like other pods other radio shows or anything like that that's absolutely ridiculous we appreciate you guys for tuning in tonight on mhi and uh this was a lot of fun tom we gotta do this again soon yeah, thank you. I appreciate being on here. I mean, I love it when you uh, invite me on when Nick's gone. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm free to jump on anytime. I have to get you on to uh, yeah. Legends a Mile High. We'll do some some history back and forth, and it'll be great. It'll be great. I yeah, really appreciate be- it. Yeah, that'd be great, man. Yeah, you guys can follow Thomas at Thomas Hall NFL. Yours truly at Luke Patterson LP. Get on over to the Mothership at Mile High Huddle. Quick game prediction, Tom. How do you see this one going? Well, I'm going to go with the uh, Broncos. They're going to get it finally figured out enough, enough on offense to actually score 27 points, and they're going to win 27 to 17. Ooh, I'm right there with you. Just a few behind. I got 24 to 13. Finally, you see a passing game that works. Not that I want to see it because I want them to run the ball all over the Raiders' throats. Uh, But I I think – with the Raiders cornerbacks currently in flux right now, they're questionable. Rocky Asin with a knee, Nate Hobbs with a concussion. Um, look, Rocky Asin left the Titans game with that knee injury. It's a strain right now, but both their corners are kind of banged up. So I think Russ is going to be like, all right, it's time to eat. It's time to go after him. It's time to cook. Jerry Judy, you better catch the ball. Melvin Gordon, hang on to the ball, for the love of God. Uh, No, man, this was a lot of fun. Scott Kennedy on the ones and twos. Thank you so much for all your hard work and everything you do. Guys, be sure to get it. Scott, too, at Scout Kennedy. And uh, tomorrow, those Huddle Up boys will be back. And then Friday morning, remember, Legends of Mile High with Thomas Hall. Uh, For Tom and Scott, I'm Luke Patterson saying go Broncos. 
Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 